0: This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. One of the things I always say when we get together at a retreat or an event is how privileged are we? How lucky are we? Let us be aware of the luxury that we can gather in peace, to investigate our lives and find ways to make it more beautiful and brighter. Our guest today is Miriam Malani. She is living happily right now in Canada, having found a way out of the oppression in Iran. And what Miriam does now is help other people release their generational traumas and their ancestral wounds. You know, we get so much in our lives that just doesn't belong to us other people's ideas, other people's habits, other people's phobias, and other people's practices. If you grow up in a family, you get other people's stuff. And some of it we can point to and say, well, that's where I got this idea, because of my parents or my siblings or my relatives. This is what they said. This is what they did. This is what we practiced. Other times, it's deeper than that. Some of the things people never talk about become ingrained in us as patterns people's fears or prejudices or limitations. And other people's traumas can even be in our DNA, how we respond to things, what we feel we deserve, what we feel is available to us, If you constantly go down a path in a positive direction and often find yourself back on another road, a familiar road, an old pattern, like why am I here again? Why am I doing this thing that I really don't want to do? Look at the places in your life where you continually come up short. Maybe it's having a successful social life or saving money or having a more healthy lifestyle. You set out with great expectations and a plan and you find yourself back at square one. Maybe that's part of an ancestral pattern that doesn't belong to you. We actually have the power to create a conversation in this arena with this pattern and even create our own ceremony to begin to release it. Milani tells us awareness is the first key and we ourselves can find the best way to let go of these layers and live our best life. One of the last things Milani did before she left Iran was to attend a rally, speaking out peacefully against the latest rule in Iran at the time, issued by the government, that people couldn't have dogs as pets anymore. They were actually poisoning and shooting the dogs in shelters. Milani spoke out against that. Nine years ago. And today she is outside her apartment building sitting in her car in Canada because they're testing the smoke alarms inside her building and she didn't want the noise to disturb our broadcast. And Milani, safe in Canada, is sitting with her little Terrier Mix doggy on her lap. And that little doggy's name is Golap. Golub in Persian means
1: rose water. Yeah, yeah. It's an old, very old female name that these days usually people don't name their daughters Golub. It was kind
0: of a royal name mm-hmm. back in the days. So. Right, right, right. So, ro- rose water must be something very special. In Iran, yes, it is. We kind
1: of love it. We use it uh, in our food. We use it for like a special food, you know, Right. Uh, mostly desserts and maybe four or five hundred years ago or 300 years ago. uh, Royal families used to use it for their ceremonies. And your dog is precious. She is. She definitely is. She's the only family member that I could bring with myself when I came to Canada. So. Mm.
0: <laughs> and what brought you to yeah. Canada? How come you came over here?
1: Uh, well, lots of things. You probably have heard about what's going on in Iran, especially since last year. Mm-hmm. The government it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and if you are a woman, and if you wanted to have freedom, if you want to be yourself and decide for yourself what to wear, where to go, what to say, when to laugh, <laughs> then you're gonna have some problems with the government. So
0: yeah, and I I am uh, kind of rebellious. so. <laughs> Probably not by American standards.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, but by
1: that, you know, like, especially by, I don't have anything against Islam. I was born a Muslim, but I don't practice it. I never did. Uh, But, you know, in countries that they practice, they use this religion to do whatever they want to do to people than by their standard, yeah,
0: yeah. Is there? Uh, are there people? Of course, there are. Um, this is such a difficult. I want. I don't want to be disrespectful, but I want to say: Is the oppression built into the religion? I believe, yeah, it is. I believe so.
1: Uh, I, I I cannot speak for everyone who's a Muslim because there are different types of Islam, but the 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 type that is. <laughs> practice in Iran is definitely uh, their God was a man who hated women and uh, not a good man because there are lots of amazing loving caring men yeah right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, that God that God was a very mean old man <laughs> who hated women and wanted to you know it it feels like this God is out there to get me yeah. <laughs> basically right. you know like is waiting for you to do the slightest thing to punish, and then he can punish you. Mm. Especially, you know, like, imagine the reason why I... Uh, Do what I do because my formal education is not it has nothing to do with psychology. My formal education is in business. But the reason why I do what I do is because of my own traumas in my childhood. I was sexually abused. And then I kind of was told that it was my own fault, you know.
0: Right. Do you have family that you love in Iran, and are they safe? My parents are still there, and thank God they are safe. And if your mother stepped out of line, according to the tradition in that country, what would happen to her? The punishment for not wearing hijab. Uh, the
1: first time they catch you is financial. They give you a um, fine. And then the second time, it uh, will be jail. How many yeah. women
0: do you think are in jail?
1: because of oh, what they have. Oh my haven't. goodness, a lot of, oh my goodness, lots of, lots of, not only women, men too, because last year when the movement started after they killed Masa Amini, I don't know if you have heard, you yes. probably have heard, yeah. After that incident, men also, many men started supporting women. So I've heard more than 50,000 people are still in, prison, and so many of them are being tortured, and oh my goodness.
0: I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but you, you are someone. in Canada, safe with your beautiful little dog, um, yeah. we're, and we're grateful to talk to you today about oh. now, now that I know with this, it makes perfect sense to me that you help people through generational trauma. Do you feel you're carrying the trauma of, how? Many Many generations does your family go back in Iran uh, from my mom's side we are pure Persians so <laughs> I don't
1: know maybe like oh thousands of years thousands yeah of years. but the thing is yeah but the thing is it wasn't always like that in Iran before revolution we were free
0: so yeah Okay, (sighs) And still, you're dealing with your own personal trauma, and I'm sure your mother's trauma and her mother's trauma at the very least. So how does generational trauma show up for people? Are people even aware that that's what they're suffering from? Oh, that's the thing. Like, most of the time, no. In
1: my own case, I didn't know why I was experiencing. Of course, I was aware of some traumas that I experienced in childhood, but I wasn't aware of this specific For example, in my case, I always had this urge to move and migrate from one place to another, you know. Uh, and I didn't know why uh, this was happening. And then, when I heard about this, I was already on my journey to heal all the things that happened in, to me in my childhood. One of my coaches told me one day when I was talking to her, telling her that, you know what, one of my issues is that I just always have this urge to move from one place to another and just, I, it feels like I can't grow roots in one place and the minute that I feel it's becoming like a permanent thing, Subconsciously, I create chaos that leads to moving to somewhere else, right? And then she talked about generational trauma, and I started educating myself about it. Then I went back in my roots, I realized that from my mother's side, we were gypsies in like about 200 years ago, Kurdish gypsies. And they had to migrate every six months or so, right? Not having access to... You know, things that would make migration easier. They actually were traumatized every six months, right? Mm -hmm. And it had a state in my DNA. So without knowing why I was doing it, I was doing it. So I would say most people, they don't know why they are doing the things that they are doing. So one of the things that I always tell my beautiful clients to do is to look for patterns unexplained patterns in their life. So as I said, for example, I knew why I was doing some of the stuff that I was doing. I knew the root cause was the sexual trauma that I experienced. The other one was the, um, you know, there was a war between Iran and Iraq when I was growing up. So I was aware of all these things. But this particular pattern, Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out why I'm doing this. So if people have a pattern, and especially not only in their own lives, A pattern that they see in their family, something that somehow (laughs) many people around them do. So that's one like
0: factor that can show us that something much deeper is going on. Right. So look at your family with a wide lens. And if there's something that everybody's doing that doesn't serve them well, or something that everyone's doing that doesn't sit with you well, you know, you may be looking at your generational trauma pattern. But then again, sometimes we can't pinpoint the generational trauma. But we can pinpoint the pattern and move forward from there, right? Exactly, exactly. So once we say to ourselves, all right, this is a pattern, I have it, my sister has it, my mother has it, my grandfather has it, whatever. Once we see it, then what?
1: It's very important to uh, validate this trauma. I mean, like, first of all, when you see the pattern, of course, the next step is do some research. Talk to people in your family that they also experience the same thing. See if you can find the story behind your pattern. And then once you have that story, and even if you, because sometimes it's not possible to know exactly what happened. Even then, when you see a pattern that you don't, you can't explain why you have this, just validate it, just accept that it's something that has happened i don't know the whole story but like my body is telling me that something happened Mm -hmm. validate it acknowledge it fit with it accept it you know it's very important because sometimes we have a pattern and we just want to change it we just want to solve it and that's not the right place to start the right place is first understand, even without the exact story, just understand that, okay, something has happened that created these patterns, and now What can I do with it first? Acknowledge it. It was a real thing. That in itself is very liberating.
0: You know, this probably isn't in your protocol, you know, for finding the source of your trauma and acknowledging it. But this was in my protocol. (laughs) (laughs) One day when I realized, oh, my gosh, this is a thing. And everybody in my family tree was doing it. I told off my ancestors so severely with my finger mm-hmm. waving in the air. You know, they're all <laughs> they're all passed on. But, mm-hmm, but that mm-hmm. day I can see myself standing in my room saying you bunch of nitwits, what the heck were you doing? Look at the mess that you left me with. And then I talked myself into this lather of, of like you just watch me now. I'm going to clean up this mess you made. I'm going <laughs> to clean it up for myself and I hope that by cleaning it up for myself to whatever degree I can, I softened a bit and I said, I hope this helps you on the other side. Do you think when we heal here, it heals backwards towards our ancestors? Yes, definitely.
1: Definitely. I do believe in that. And also... Um, you know what you did is part of grief, and we need that. And you did it so organically. You know <laughs> it just came to you, and uh, you did it beautifully. That's exactly the way we should do it. Yeah. <laughs> and absolutely, I believe when we go through this process of the first validating, what I'm feeling is real and then grieving part of it is that anger and then realizing that okay there is a gap between what they did and who I am or what I want to do even though I didn't do those things but still it's affecting me so when you go through all these things and then you start healing when you start processing all these trapped emotions uh, all unhealed traumas in your body in your nervous system then you release these energies and send them back to the light I believe deeply that you are healing your ancestors in my practice I encourage people to have like a ceremony or ritual, something that helps them also to feel like a closure, to have a
0: closure, and yeah, that's what happened. We're talking to Miriam Milani, and we're talking about healing <laughs> generational and ancestral trauma. And here's something I believe, Miriam: I believe that no matter who you are or where you are, that we definitely come into this life equipped with the strength and energy and wherewithal to heal from generational trauma. Absolutely. I don't think any of us come in with with a task too great. I think we can recognize it, and it's even part of our growth process to see what's behind us and then create something new in front of us. Yes, yes. You said that so beautifully. Absolutely. Now, explain to me or share with us what some of these ceremonies might look like. Well, uh, depending on what uh, works for you. I
1: encourage people to find their way because I believe being in this field of helping people with childhood trauma I now know that there is not one specific modalities that would help everybody so I always encourage people to find your way don't look for the right way find your way if you uh, like candles Flame is always something that associate with clearing stuff, right? So you can use candles Or you can do some prayers under the full moon or some people like to dance and I actually love that because you work with your nervous system and when you move your body your body actually gets that chance to release all these trapped emotions inside yourself this is something not only with generational trauma with all types of trauma I want you to know that you're not broken this is how I see people, not as broken people who need to fix something. I see you as perfect as you are. Um, But the thing is, there are all these layers that are not you. Uh, So the healing journey, if you look at it with this lens of I'm just gonna, with, with love and acceptance and compassion towards myself and everyone involved, I'm gonna just shed all these layers that are not me. Then I'm gonna be who I am truly, who I was before trauma. Be kind with yourself and know my love, you are not broken. You just need to get rid of all these layers that are not you. How can people get in touch with you? Theinnercreatrix.com. Or if they can just simply type my name, Mariam Milani, uh, then they w- will find me.
0: How long have you been in Canada? About nine years now. Do you go back to visit your homeland in Iran?
1: I haven't, but I hope one day then it's a free country, you know.
0: <laughs> and what about your mom and dad? Have you seen them?
1: Yes, yes. They were here last year, about nine months ago. They kind of come here. Uh, every
0: summer. So and that's okay. They're free to travel. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> and when your mom is here, does she wear the hijab? No, no, no. The hijab is
1: something that that government force us to do. Mm-hmm. But for those of us who don't believe in Islam or I'm so sorry. That's okay. I know you're in your car. Yeah, it got so warm. And I think it's uh, my dog.
0: She's not so happy about it. Okay, okay, we'll we'll let you go (laughs) soon. But you sorry. So when she gets on the plane, can she take off her hijab? Yes, yes. That's what exactly
1: almost every uh, Iranian do. The moment that they are
0: on the plane, they just get rid of it. I'm glad your mom gets to come and visit you. Is there anything we can do for your country absolutely awareness awareness
1: awareness talk about it whenever you get a chance um, maybe if you haven't heard about what's going on in Iran just do some if you Google uh, Iranian women or women life freedom that's our slogan uh, then you find uh, a lot of information about what's going on in Iran what's happening to women in Iran and it's not about iranian women it's about women it's about people and freedom you know it's our birthright. we have to have this right but unfortunately it was taken away from us so yeah absolutely i invite everyone who's listening to please just bring awareness to this uh, deep pain that my people are going through, because it's not just them, again. Uh, we all are one. <laughs> we all are connected. And um, when they're free, uh, freedom every will, everywhere will be deeper for all of us, you know. So, yeah.
0: What is the slogan again? Women, life, freedom. Women, life, freedom. That's the slogan. Yes. Okay. Or in Farsi, we, we say, Zan Zendegi Azadi beautiful. How did you manage to come to Canada and start a new life? Well, it wasn't easy. Oh, good love Sit here, mama. Sit here. Sit here. It's okay. Uh, All right. Sorry.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, it was a long way to came to Canada because I actually, I had some uh, problems with the government because of my dog, because we are not allowed to have dogs in Iran. So they started a year before I came here, they started killing dogs. You know, it was horrible so there was a gathering like peaceful gathering and uh, we were just saying like no stop this unhumane thing and then i was arrested and you know (laughs) then i had to leave the country and i cannot unfortunately go through all the details here but yeah it was a long and a scary journey but I had promised myself that for myself and for all the women who don't have access to what I had access to, to do this and free myself. And because I, again, I believe every person, every woman who gets to say no to all these limitations and unfair limitations, then we create like a a little bit more light for other women. Like women women in Afghanistan, they also are suffering so badly in many countries in uh, Middle East, in fact, you know. So I kind of did it for myself and everyone, every woman in that area. The pain is so severe, you know,
0: (laughs) so. Mariam Malani, com women, life, freedom, how lucky we are to be able to gather and explore our patterns and how wonderful it is that we have the power to create ceremony and exercise and practices around that which doesn't serve us. And we ourselves have the power to lift those layers and live. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for tuning in to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. Join me next for a day of quiet reflection, October 21st at Graymoor in Garrison. Visit Place.com. Our thought for the day is from the Persian poet Rumi, who said, These pains you feel are messengers. Listen to them. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on.